Hello and welcome to the 160th second photography podcast. I'm joined today by Rahim and Rahim is a, a photographer who does many things. I think that would be fair to say, but his specialism is fitness photography. So Rahim, would you mind introducing yourself to the listeners, please? Thanks, first of all, for allowing me to come on the show. Basically, I'm a Cardiff, Wales-based uh, fitness and physique photographer. So I specialize in that kind of niche market of things. So I shoot mostly sort of bodybuilders, personal trainers, fitness models, and what have you. But I'm also a uh, digital artist. So I'm, I use Photoshop a lot in my work, not to as in enhancing the clients kind of stuff. But uh, I do a lot of composites and um, make them look like they're in, in movies and so on, create something sort of a bit more epic than just your regular kind of gym shots. And I also have a YouTube channel where I post all my behind the scenes videos. You mentioned it's a niche market, but it does look to me like it's a growing market. It's a, it's a big market, but like I say, it is sort of, it's it's an area of photography that you know it's kind of it's sort of niche because well i suppose a lot of areas of photography are kind of niche if you think about it if you know if you're like a wedding photographer that's your niche <laughs> if you're um uh, doing family portraits that's your niche and things so uh yeah it's what i what i mean by this is that i kind of like i've i've decided to specialize in fitness and physique because when i started out i was shooting all sorts of things um my business used to be known as sugarbox studios which is like a kind of family friendly name of things because i started out doing kids portraits and uh, babies and toddlers and what have you and it sort of grew from there and for some reason i ended up doing fitness and physique i decided rather than chasing after every gig that comes my way i thought i'll specialize and i will just go after one thing i can you know focus all my energies on that yeah that's my my niche. Have you seen your market grow over time? And is that growth down to more people wanting it or you getting better known? Basically this year uh, or the tail end of last year, I kind of, um, I took a, a break from photography because uh, I was working so much with, I'm not a full-time photographer, so I have a day job, um, but this has taken up so much of my time doing the photography on, as well as the day job that I decided I'm going to take five months off and things. But once I came back, things were fine. I sort of had a, a good few shoots in the bag and stuff, but then it sort of kind of went a bit more quiet and I thought perhaps I'll try and, evolve into other avenues and things you know so um the fitness and physique photography world i suppose is massive on on social media and things like that uh you see the 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 guys and girls themselves they often have tens if not hundreds of thousands even millions of followers it is a big market and stuff and yeah i've been doing this for a few years and i've become sort of well known especially down in you know the south wales area and stuff and uh people think like i'm the go-to guy to go to get sort of shots of course there are other fitness and physique photographers around here uh, locally as well who also do a great job and stuff. Do you put down your notoriety and success to your marketing? Did you do anything special or did it just happen organically? I think, I suppose you could say the thing I did sort of special, I thank, well, YouTube, I suppose, a lot for it, which again, I mean, it's kind of goes hand in hand and stuff. I, well, I decided to uh, basically put my face out there along with my work, if, if that makes sense, so that people could see who I was as a photographer. Cause you know, everyone's got their own sort of Facebook pages or their websites and stuff. And they'll have an about page and a photo. When I decided to actually do the behind the scenes videos, then I could sort of inject a bit of my personality into my photo shoots and stuff. And so people that was amazing really because word of mouth and stuff and my reputation, and it sort of spread. It has literally spread around the world. I have got people, other photographers and stuff, who um, regularly message me from other parts of the world, Australia, Spain, Mexico, America, and, you know. And it is all just because I did the YouTube thing, you know, uh, I think. Yeah, I, I suppose that was the special thing that I did. It 
is organic, but because I put these behind the scenes videos out there and stuff, uh, it helps grow my reputation, my brand. Just out of curiosity, do people get in contact with you via YouTube or do they reach out on other platforms? Yes, they do. They leave uh, comments on um, on my YouTube videos and things, but generally the people that leave comments or follow or subscribe rather to my YouTube channel are also my Facebook friends and stuff. They've contacted me via Facebook, via Facebook groups and things. And I, I haven't had any bookings, if you know what I mean, through YouTube. I generally get my bookings through Facebook and Instagram. They have all sort of seen the videos and yeah, they like the videos that I produce. So you're in the enviable position where people are reaching out for you to book shoots. That's that sounds really good to me. Yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> Often, uh, if somebody, if I'm talking to a potential client about uh, an upcoming shoot or they want to book me and stuff, and I'll say, you know, oh, have you seen this Spartan themed photo shoot that I did and stuff? Um, then they'll say, oh yeah, yeah, I watched that video. It was awesome. You know, it's not just oh, I've seen the photos. They all say I've seen the video. I, I make sure that I film every single photo shoot that I do so that I have something to put onto uh, YouTube and Facebook. And you're a you're a one man band, aren't you? You don't have an assistant from what from what I from what I've seen in your videos. Yeah, that's right. I I used to have an assistant who was just basically sort of like a pal who contacted me through Facebook and said, look, you know, I really like your work. I'm starting out in photography and, you know, would you mind if I gave you a hand? And so we did a few shoots together and things. And then, you know, a couple of years ago, whatever, we kind of parted ways because um, he went off and became a photographer sort of in his own right. He moved back home to where he lived and stuff. So, um, you know, I thought, I could do this myself, really. Uh, I, I don't particularly need an assistant. Most of the shoots that I do, I don't carry a, a load of gear and kit and stuff so that I need an assistant or things like that. Although they do come in handy. I'm not, <laughs> you know, it would be great to have, uh, you know, you see some photographers who have teams of people with them and stuff. But uh, no, I'm just basically a one-man band and I do it all myself. So do you sort of set up a GoPro in the corner on a tripod and let it run? Yeah, basically that. I've got this little flip cam. It's a, it's a Canon little flip cam and it's the, the reason I like it is that it's fisheye so it's a very wide angle um, thing so um, I can get not just the client in the shot or just me I get the entire scene so people can see where I'm standing and you know the distance in relation to me and the subject or they can see my lights in the shot so this particular camera is great it's called a Canon Legria Mini X and I don't know if they still make them it's good and it's got a really good mic so yeah I essentially do that I stick it on a, um, a on a tripod or I'll put it, put it on the floor. And because it's so small, a lot of times people forget that they're being filmed, which is great because, you know, people are conscious that they have a camera on them, um, even though they're doing a photo shoot. But having this little, almost, it's just a handheld little device, people just carry on with the shoot and forget that they're being filmed. That's what I sort of picked up when I, I watched your videos. Um, I've actually looked at that camera for, for many reasons. I, I didn't go with that camera. I don't think they make it anymore. So I've looked at it on YouTube. What I always find quite interesting is as a photographer, sometimes the quality of light and the direction of light is is really quite key in getting a soft light and no harsh shadows. But that goes completely out of the window in fitness photography doesn't it yeah <laughs> with me i don't really it depends but i've I, it happens to be the case that i generally shoot men more than i shoot women but if i'm shooting guys then i don't want soft shadows because and again because i'm shooting physique stuff i want to enhance the shadows which will then enhance the muscles and things so um i'm often just trying to get good shadows on their physique more than anything it's you know it's like with any shoot, you, you don't win them all kind of thing. You can't get every shot to look amazing things, from even from the shots that you deliver and stuff. But generally, if if I think that their physique looks good, I'm not too worried about the light on their face because I also know that the clients, as long as they look cool, 
their facial expression. They're not really too worried about, oh, I haven't got perfect Rembrandt light. Oh, I haven't got catch lights in my eyes and stuff. You know, they just think, check my abs out. They look awesome, you know. And as long as they're happy with their physique, uh, then I think that's pretty much it. I've got the job done. And are they... Are they sort of wowed by the end product? I suppose they're used to just taking selfies or using a, a smartphone. So how do they respond when you deliver deliver those finished images? I've not had an unhappy client yet. So they they say they like them, they love them and all that sort of stuff. And it's all I get really good feedback from it. And often they just they want more and more from from the shoot and things. And uh yeah, generally they are really impressed because I shoot with off-camera flash a lot, which obviously they don't on their um on their phones and things so it's a completely different look as well and not just that obviously um you know using better camera equipment than their phones and stuff and it's not just what i say to the i was saying to somebody the other day was um who's now booked me that um she was asking for my prices and things and i said look i'm not the cheapest photographer out there but it's not just about the product that i deliver it's also about the experience that i give and that's what people seem to remember because when i do a shoot with them and stuff i make it as fun as i can possibly make it Uh, there's no ego and things i don't stress the client out i just basically bend over backwards and i have fun with them and still deliver the goods and it's not just the day of the photo shoot either it's the lead up to the photo shoot the communication that i give to the client and then afterwards and then we become facebook friends you know we kind of become mates which i know you know a lot of photographers would do but then there's other photographers who may potentially, I'm not, you know, I don't know how off the top of my head, they may, they just treat them as clients, you know, get them in the door, get them out next kind of stuff. But generally my clients, they become my friends kind of stuff, you know, even if it's just through sort of Facebook and stuff. So they get, they get a mate for life then. That's really interesting to know. You've sort of alluded to certain things. Roughly, can you give me a breakdown of how much time is spent communicating with a client, how much time is spent shooting the client, and how much time is spent, I would say, post-processing and delivering the images? As, as far as the actual communication up to the shoot, uh, it's unlimited. So, you know, if somebody books me six months in advance, then they can message me their entire six months <laughs> leading up to it and things like that. You know, there's no sort of, oh, you've got 10, you can message me 10 times and that's it. So, no, it's, it's basically, we, we can just chat as much as we want because sometimes it'll be their first photo shoot so they may not be familiar with you know the process and stuff so they're asking questions so there's unlimited time spent up until the photo shoot then the shoot itself generally uh, it depends it's, it's about two to three hours i'd say which is quite a long time for some people for, for a photo shoot it's i say my photo shoots are a little bit like a workout because especially if it's a gym-based shoot because they have to hold the weights and flex and all that sort of stuff and three hours generally is about the max that they can that they can take and i think that's plenty and then once i've done the shoot if, if it's just a regular kind of gym shoot then the editing is generally faster than if i'm doing a composite or heavy photoshop kind of thing so i have done photo shoots where i've pretty much delivered the photos like the next day kind of stuff so but that's rare basically but it's, it's generally within the week of the photo shoot i will then have delivered them and what i like to do because often when i come back from a shoot i'm so excited by it that that day i want to as a hot off the press, teasing the the photos that are coming. I want to put a photo out there on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and all that sort of stuff and say, here's a sneak peek from today's photo shoot with so-and-so, so-and-so, you know? And then they've got something to share as well, you know, to all their friends. And they're like, oh, I can't wait to see the rest. So it's kind of like a little put a bait out there, you know, for, for people to keep an eye 
and also follow your website because they want to see the updates. Do you deliver all digitally or do you do any printing? Yes, all it's all digital. I would say 99.9% is all digital, as in my clients, they all live on social media. You know, they, they're not really interested in prints as such from from me to deliver to them they may print the pictures themselves or put them onto a business card or you know whatever but generally they just want jpegs for their website or you know their social media and things like that because that's how it is these days they don't really want to see a, a nice canvas or fine art print unless it's a fine art kind of shoot that i've done with them of themselves you know on their living room wall and stuff i sort of suspect that would be the case because you talked about social media a lot and i'm picking up on something else i'm picking up on maybe that this is more than a personal investment for some of your clients. It sounds like some of them maybe are personal trainers. Some of them, they work in the industry and they use your images as part of their own promotion of their business, of their brand. Is that true? Yes. Um, like I said, I shoot uh, a lot of personal trainers. So these personal trainers as well, a lot of them do actually compete. You know, they're, they're professional bodybuilders or whatever. If a personal trainer comes to me, they'll want these photos for yeah for their marketing and things. So like I'll give you an example. I did uh, a shoot with a personal trainer and I said, look, we'll do at the start of the shoot, just to ease you in, we'll do the nice, friendly, hey, come train with me kind of, you know, photos where they have their, their clothes are on, kind of, you know, a vest or T-shirt and stuff. And it's just like arms on your hips, arms folded, smiley, kind of. And I shoot it with a little bit of negative space so they can put the text in there and stuff. Or I'll do it against a plainish background that they can then be cut out and put it onto, you know, their business cards and what have you. And then once we've got those friendly shots out of the way, then I said, let's do some physique stuff now. And then that's kind of generally, they will still use those shots to promote their business. A lot of these, like I said, these personal trainers, if they've been competing, they will often book me around the time of a show. So it's either, you know, in the lead up to it, very close to the show or like a day later, you know, because they're in peak condition and things and they know that condition won't last forever. So, and that's actually something that I emphasize when I'm sort of marketing business that I say to the personal trainers or the the bodybuilders and stuff to um, book a photo shoot as soon as as close to the show because we all know that you're not going to stay in that shape that prime condition so have a photo shoot to document all your hard work because it's it's worth having that record something to look back on that's really interesting to me that there's there's a finite date period like a wedding photographer there's there's obviously the wedding but there's a few things around the wedding like getting ready or the grooms getting ready the wedding the first dance you've got these set time pieces that you have to do and you have to stick to and it's a bit of a revelation to me that you've got that in fitness photography yeah, I've actually, I have compared uh, the two as in, you know, fitness photography to wedding photography in that, you know, you have a set date. There's a guy messaged me uh, last week to book a shoot and he said, look, I'm competing in June. He said, can we have a photo shoot that week? You know, so it is, I suppose, like a wedding. It's not as if, like, you know, if you were doing like a regular family portrait shoot or whatever, you could pretty much book that in whenever you want to because people are going to look pretty much the same. Whereas, you know, like I said, if, if it's a fitness guy or girl and they're competing, then, you know, they're only going to look at that shape that week. And in fact, I mean, I did a shoot with a guy who, it was the day after a bodybuilding competition and overnight he put on a stone. So the weight difference compared to how he was on stage to when he turned up at the photo shoot, because they've been dieting so much that then once they've started to eat after their competition, uh, the body just absorbs everything. Yeah, it's key to get it on that little time slot. Do you have personal experience of the market and how has that helped? I definitely, I wouldn't class myself as a bodybuilder, no way. But I, I've been going to the gym for weights and all that sort of stuff for well over 10, 15 years and stuff. So I'm, but not as a full-time, like, and these guys and girls go, you know, I don't, I don't go, you know, twice a day and all that sort of stuff. But um, 
I am familiar with the exercises. I know the machines and I know the body parts and things like that. And I also have done um, a couple of body transformation things over the years, as in where I sign up with a personal trainer and I do the full, you know, 14 week kind of weight loss or getting into shape kind of thing. So and I know how hard that is mentally to, you know, eat a clean diet kind of thing and sorting all that, you know, the food out, the prep and all that sort of stuff. And then also the actual trading and how tired you get and things. So, you know, I, I, can, I have sympathy then with my clients because I know sort of what it takes. But like I said, I'm not a bodybuilder. I don't take it to the extremes that those guys do. Um, Has that insight given you a bit of a commercial edge or has it not made any difference? That one, I suppose, is kind of hard to judge because I know there's other fitness and physique photographers who aren't gym goers to that extent and they are very successful and stuff. So I don't I don't know if that really has much of an impact you know, on my, um, on my business, just the fact that I go to the gym. I just, you know, it's just something that I've always done anyway. Yeah, I can't, I can't really measure that, to be honest. This question is going to be a bit of a difficult question because we all have to say no at some point and some people have a lower threshold than others of saying no. Some people say no very frequently. Some will rarely say no. But as a business, at some point, you've got to say no. Where do your sort of boundaries lie? Where do you say, oh, no, I can't do that or oh, I can't give you that? Okay, well, perhaps delivering the raw files kind of stuff, you know, generally, I won't give the unedited shots. But I suppose that's a kind of a given with a lot of photography. The other thing is my style. Sometimes I get asked to do sort of what I kind of think is a little bit sexualized kind of shots. I mean, it's a bit of a fine line kind of thing, because, you know, it, some of the most successful photos they see, like on Instagram and things like that are like guys in the under in their underwear and stuff. And even though they're not posing sexually or anything like that, it's just something that I don't really want to do as in i don't do the underwear shots that you can see or sometimes it's just a guy and he's covered himself with a towel or whatever you know so i kind of stay away and the same goes for the uh if i was doing a girl shoot kind of thing i won't again i just stay away from sort of sexualizing the, the shots a bit or making them a bit too sexy what i prefer to do is make the client look cool yeah that's sort of probably the only kind of no as in if somebody says will you do boudoir or whatever just make it a little bit more erotic and things like that i i tend to stay away from that sort of thing and i just it's just me you know it's nothing wrong with that kind of photography and stuff but it's just not something that i'm kind of interested in it's not my thing in your work where do you say no and how do you overcome that i actually put it in my um terms and conditions kind of thing so i, I just explained in there i said you know it's not it's not my thing and i hope you understand and you know most people respect that you know there are plenty of other photographers who will do it and uh yeah so it's no problem i just said that's my style and you know like it or leave it kind of thing you know Let's talk now about your sort of equipment, your kit and your workflow. Talk me through what you bring to a shoot, how you set it up and how you work. So I like to travel light if I can. So, uh, you know, I, I hate lugging kit around and stuff like that. And also because I'm shooting in real gyms that are open to the public, I can't really, A, I can't, you know, take up a, a lot of space because somebody wants to use a machine or something. And then also... The health and safety aspect, I can't have, you know, a ton of kit lying around and stuff like that, wires running anywhere. So everything that I shoot with kind of fits in this little wheelie bin size, smallish kind of box. I say wheelie bin, that's quite big, but it's basically a wheelable uh, box, hard plastic box and stuff. And I put just my lights in there and stuff, my stands and other little modifiers and things. But the actual kit that I use, uh, for years, I used budget kit and i still use budget kit and when i mean budget i do mean budget so my speed lights are young nuo speed lights uh yn560 ii i think that's sort of what they are they're literally just 40 pound 
speedlights and they are sort of full manual speedlights and things. They're nothing fancy. They will literally just, you know, you can adjust the power settings and that's pretty much it. But they're great. And I've done so many photo shoots with these things and it's, it's been fine. It's worked that, you know, I've never really tested them for the range as to how far back I could be and all that sort of stuff. But generally, I'm not that far away from the from the flash and all that sort of stuff. And those speed lights have been great. And if I drop one, I'm not going to cry because, you know, they're 40 pounds rather than 600 or something. So those are my kind of go-to speed lights. But I have got a more powerful flash that I've, I'm now using more and more, which is a Pixapro Hybrid 360, which is, you know, it's, it's like that Godox 360 flash and things. And that's just got more power. And also because it's battery powered, you know, the recycle times and it'll it'll last me the, the duration of the shoot. Uh, and I don't have to worry about that. So if I need more power, I would use that that flash. My camera is a Sony A7 Mark II, uh, and I use generally a Samyang 85mm 1.4 lens. I recently bought a 50mm lens, a Sony 50mm to go with that uh, 1.8 and things. So generally, I will shoot with that camera now when I'm on, on a gym shoot and stuff because it gives you that nice sort of blown up background look and stuff that full frame gives you. And then I've also got a, which I used to shoot with all the time, which is an Sony A77, which is a crop sensor camera and things. And I used to shoot with a 35mm lens on that one. Again, it's just a Sony lens, you know, nothing fancy. It's not an art, art lens or anything. It's just literally Sony's 1.8 lens. And I think it's like 130 quid. And that's all I ever used to shoot with, I think. Oh, sorry. I should just also say about my um, my stands and uh, modifiers and things. So basically, uh, my main go-to light stand is like an 8-foot uh, Len Carter stand and it's got like an extendable boom arm and again it's just like a this is a budget stand it was given to me and stuff one day I'll buy a C stand I, I'm sure I will proper heavy duty and things so I use that as my main light and I put a, a soft box on it I used to have a 20 by 20 soft box my main soft box but now I use a three foot by two foot and that's gridded to control the spill of the light and then on the sides of the client as my edge lights I've got round flash strip lights now, a lot of people ask me about these round flash strip lights because they're like, hey, I've never seen these before. And basically, you could just pop your speed light into the bottom. These round flash strip lights are made of fabric. So it just collapses down. And you can literally put these two soft boxes into your camera bag and it takes up no space at all. And they're lightweight and things. And I just use those then on um, a couple of stands at the side of the client. And that's it. It's three light setup. Bish bosh. Um, I, I was surprised when you said I travel light with a weedy bin, um, but I'm, gl- I'm glad you corrected that. Your main lens, your 85mm, is, that's manual focus, isn't it? I'm, I'm like a lot of guys, who uh, photographers, who just basically spend ages before buying something, I think, checking out reviews and seeing, hey, is this worth the money and stuff? And of course, the Samyang lenses, are I from, exp- from this particular one speaking of, is brilliant. I used to shoot full manual before on the other camera uh, with the 35mm. So shooting full manual is no problem for me. You know, I, I have no problem getting my focus and stuff. I was something I was used to. And because of the Sony as well, because it's got an electronic viewfinder, you can actually do that focus magnification thing so it will just literally as i'm getting my focus i can hit a button to actually zoom in to their face and make sure that it is and i've got focus peeking on uh, that i can actually see that their eyes are in focus and stuff and then i just take the shot it's fine <laughs> and because it's doing because i'm doing portraits where people aren't moving very fast having full manual focus is not an issue you know if i was doing you know a sport event and some, something where people are moving around then i'd be 
stuffed basically that was the one surprise of, of your kit and like i said i've seen your video so i i know a bit about your sort of setup but yeah that was the one surprise but it seems like using the sony camera it, it's not even an issue which, which is good there's the whole brand war that people are always like oh are you a canon and nikon shooter and stuff and i don't care for all that sort of stuff and then sometimes i'll say no i shoot sony and they're like what you know the reason i started shooting sony is because i bought a canon once for filming for a wedding and I just happened to, there was a fault with that particular that particular camera. I took it back to the camera shop and then they said, hey, well, when I look at this Sony, it's also a good alternative. So I just bought that because I needed a camera. And you know what it's like, you just get used to it. And I thought, well, it's all right. And then I got the next one up and then I got the next one up, you know, and I just stayed with Sony kind of stuff, you know. So uh, it just, it works for the job and I'm happy with it. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's fine, it does the job. It's a refreshing view on your brand of kits and camera. You're going to end up in a good place because I think Sony are really going places in terms of photography. And they've always been tremendous at video. They've always been one of the better ones for video, which sounds like is how you got into photography or how you um, bought your cameras for video. My day job is I'm a, a video editor. I make TV shows for a living. And I've been doing that since 2000. But at the same time, I was trained up as a camera operator. Even though the editing is my bread and butter, I, I know how to film. Back then, I was shown how to you know compose a shot and learn about uh, exposure and composition and all that sort of stuff. And I think that definitely helped with my photography and stuff and so when i said i bought a little camera for video is because a few years ago i was doing wedding videos and i i thought oh, i like the dslr look you know because everyone was starting to jump on the dslr thing and so i went and bought one and then then the whole thing like i just mentioned uh, happened where i went over to to sony let's talk a bit about your post processing do you do a lot of photoshop or do you just sort of do camera raw edits where you just adjust the contrast you adjust the clarity and and it sounds simplistic to say just the brightness you know what i mean adjust the shadows and the exposure or do you go dodge and burn and and full photoshop ignoring the composites of course option two <laughs> i i mean it, it depends because there's some people who don't use photoshop at all so anything that i do in photoshop could be considered oh that's a lot of photoshop but no i i, I basically i don't spend like their physiques and stuff like that i i don't enhance their pecs or their biceps you know with a warp tool or anything like that what you see the shape that they're in is the shape that they are but what i will do is give the images a look and things so and i, I generally kind of i treat each shoot individually for the what i feel kind of works for the client or the person in the shot and stuff as far as the look goes and stuff so i haven't got a universal look right across my uh, whole portfolio and things but generally yeah i will uh, if if the shot's too if it's underexposed i will correct the exposure and things and um, boost the clarity and things if i'm doing a shoot with a guy because that helps bring out a little bit of the definition the uh, the, the muscles and, and so on and uh, the details and then uh, i will also do uh, spot healing and stuff like that you know if i have to remove scars and spots and things like that and um yeah generally it's not particularly heavy photoshop uh, i used to do a bit more in the past um but i'm kind of like reining that in a little bit more because i think it looked a bit too too photoshop too artificial and things so i'm trying to keep it looking a little bit more natural for my for my fitness and physique shoots these days and I guess your clientele isn't really bothered about face and, and things like that. I'm guessing that they would be upset if they knew you'd photoshopped it or you've, if you'd over-processed it because they've worked so hard to get to where they are. They've timed the shoots to coincide with their peak. And then I, I guess they would be unhappy if you then tweaked it too much. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Yeah, yeah, because they'd be like, "Hang on, that's not how my tricep looks," <laughs> or something, you know. Yeah, I don't. I like I said, I don't really sort of 
fiddle with their physiques and all that sort of stuff. You know, I, I generally give it like a, a look and I sort of leave it at that. I think it's just like, it could be just like a, a color cast on the shots or something, or just the actual clarity sometimes is the look itself. If you just fiddle with those sort of things, but I don't do dodge and burn mainly because I'm no good at it. <laughs> I've done it a few times and I could never really get it. I just need to practice it more, I suppose. But again, dodge and burn isn't one of the things that I use in my editing process. Here's an interesting question. How often do you deliver a black and white image? Um, <sighs> or have you ever delivered a black and white image? Yes, I have. <laughs> it, it, it depends. Sometimes when I'm on a shoot, I, I sort of think like, okay, let's try this shot and we'll use one light and it's quite dark and moody and I think it'll look awesome in black and white. For some reason, I think it just grabs you at, at the time and you think, oh, this, this would look really good in black and white. So I shoot it in black and white. Of course, I'm shooting raw on JPEG, so I have the colour version as a backup and stuff. But when I give those photos, the unedited photos for the clients to choose from their images, you know, whichever ones they want to choose the, if they hit on a black and white shot i will deliver it as a black and white even though i have a color option stuff because i think also that the client is happy with it as a black and white so generally i'm shooting color most of the time you know occasionally there'll be a, a black and white shot on it and uh yeah i'll deliver it the other the other time where i may deliver a shot as a black and white is if I just can't fix the the skin tones or there's something odd going on with the colors and stuff like that. Where It's almost like one of those cop-outs. I think I'm sure I'm not the only one. I hope I'm not the only photographer who does this, where if you just can't fix it, if you switch it to black and white and you just deliver, deliver it as that. And uh, yeah, I've done, I've done that a couple of times, but no, the client's never been unhappy. It's like, hey, I want that as a color. So yeah, occasionally I deliver black and whites. Be safe in the lodge. We've all done that. We've all thought, um, hmm. I fix one colour, it makes the rest look ghastly. Black and white's going to work. Don't worry about it. I think my last question is going to be, because this has been a fantastic discussion and I've learned so much and I'm sure our listeners will, but fitness photography has a desaturated look, a high clarity look, a high contrast look. How do you avoid not delivering cliche images? Ooh, <laughs> good question. I, I'll put my hands up now. I'm sure I have delivered cliche questions. No, it's um, questions. Uh, <laughs> I have delivered cliche images and stuff, you know, the bog standard kind of shots and stuff. But I don't know. One thing I like, actually, uh, another photographer recently said this to me, the reason he liked my work, and this is a photographer from Australia again. I don't know why I've got quite a lot of people that like my work in Australia. <laughs> he said my work is different and in that it's darker and not just run-of-the-mill, boring kind of stuff. Not all my shots are dark, but I, I, I certainly went through a phase of doing it. I like the darker, the grittier kind of aggressive look. One thing I like to do is, if I'm doing a shoot with a guy, I want emotion, you know? I want, I really want emotion from their expressions, basically, when they're, when they're if it's a workout shot, for instance. If they're on a particular machine and I'm seeing their face, I want them to look like they're feeling the pain and the burn of training and stuff. And sometimes it works and I, I get the, I get clients who they just jump in and they do it, you know, and they just, they play the part. And I love it because that then makes the shot stand and it stand out as different and better than just, you know, what I call dead face where somebody's, it's almost like they've, their eyes have glazed over and I'm just like great physique, but your face is just like, come on, man, I need something more. So perhaps that's something that helps make my shots look a bit, um, non-cliched it must be difficult to get people who aren't experienced or used to having photo shoots to to, to sort of have the right facial expressions because i imagine when they're doing their fitness and their gym routines it's just grunting and gritted teeth and 
So it must be quite difficult to get out of them a different expression or the expression you're after. One thing that a lot of people just by accident, I suppose, do is when they flex or uh, tighten, yeah, you know, they tighten their abs or whatever, they don't re- remember their faces. So they will often clench their lips too much or something. And um, they look a little bit too strained in the face. So it's it's for me then to point that out to them in a nice way, you know, just to pay attention to your facial expression. So what often I'll do before the photo shoot is I will tell them, stand in front of the mirror, practice your facial expressions, you know, just to get familiar with how it feels in your face, you know, to because you can't, you won't be able to see your face during the photo shoot unless I put them in front of a mirror, you know, uh, exactly how they look. So they need to be aware of how their face actually is and stuff like that. And so I, that's part of my whole communication with them beforehand to say, look, you know, if we're doing a, a workout shoot, these are the kind of expressions. I'll send the mood board images as well. So I'll go on Pinterest or whatever and say, look, you know, this is the kind of look we're going to go for. Are you happy with that? And they'll suggest ideas. So at least beforehand, we both have, we both know, okay, this is kind of the look that we're going for. Of course, I always say, look, I'm not going to be able to match the exact same shot, either in the pose or the lighting or the edit, but we get the flavor for it, you know, and they're like, oh, yeah, that's cool. So we put our own spin on it, you know, so it works. It seems like you have quite, and probably you didn't notice this or you didn't realize this, you have quite a good orientation process and discussion process and sort of training people and setting expectations before the shoot how has that evolved did, did you get there by accident or have you learned that you think we must do i must let them know this i need to let them know that when i didn't let them know that that didn't work so is that sort of you've just honed it or was it always there to begin with perhaps the some of the sessions i got back with i was like i wasn't quite happy you know so i thought maybe the next guy or girl that books me i'll tell them beforehand and and because i found that then once i was telling people beforehand that it, it was it was helping during the shoot i just thought this is something i have to do so it, i suppose it did evolve and things and uh, an example was uh, a guy I did a shoot with and it was a physique shoot we did at his apartment but he also did a spartan cosplay kind of shoot which we shot on location in the roman baths in bath and various other places around the city when we did we did a composite shoot in his house we had all these different ideas and poses and things and i said look before the photo shoot go look at these movie stills these posters from like 300 or watch 300 watch these different films and look at how the people or gladiator you know how they play the part and how they with their eyes sell the moment or the you know it's all about the expression they get it then and they're like oh cool yeah i know what you're after depending obviously it depends on the kind of personality of course some can pull it off better than others you know but generally i will guide them beforehand and then also during the shoot uh again i will tell them and because i'm having a laugh with it i could be a little bit cheeky as well if i say you know how they look i'll just get a laugh out of it they realize how they look and stuff and then you know hopefully we'll just nail it and it sounds like 300 the film and all Zack snyder films must have been a bit of a godsend for your business <laughs> yeah do you know what i do is now when i do these composite shoots i will tag Zack snyder and i will tag the 300 movie or the, the movie production company and stuff for that because you never know you know, you never know who's watching them one of these days. Maybe somebody will say, hey, this guy's work's quite good. And then they'll get me in or something, you know. The the next director of photography for Zack Snyder. Yes, yes, indeed. I think it's a good time to call this to a close. It's been a wonderful chat. It's been really enlightening for me and hopefully for my listeners. And it's been nice to talk to you again. So I want to thank you. I'm going to put your twitter social media feeds youtube channels in in the show notes as well so that our listeners can explore that as well. Excellent. 
Thanks. No, it's it's been uh, really good. I, I'm always happy if uh, people say, hey, do you want to be on a podcast or interviewed and stuff like that? You know, it's, it's all good. I like helping out the people. And then also, it's great to be asked. You know, it's a privilege. Not everybody gets to have this opportunity. So, um, yeah, no, thank you. Goodbye. And thank you for listening.